The following podcast may contain spoilers, profanity, and views or opinions that may not be representative of the author's intent of the articles discussed. We don't always take ourselves or the subject matter seriously either. Listener discretion is advised. The following is a Galactic Network podcast. For more, go to GNCast.com. That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S dot com. Welcome to the Alien Invasion number 258, recorded on Monday, March 25th, 2019. I'm Vanessa, along with my co-host, Brad. Hello! As is the usual, we'll be talking about aliens and alien-related things in this episode. What sorts of things? Well, science is opening up to the idea of extraterrestrials. First all-woman or all-women spacewalk has gone kaput, and a couple of UFO sightings from Connecticut. We will also be talking about an episode of Love, Death, and Robots. Before all of that, though, our question is, why don't we have a question? I can really think of anything. So, <laughs> Well, there you go. I'm sorry. <laughs> and now for the news. I believe Brad has the first story. I do. And it is a story about stuff. Here it is. It's I was like, dude, I'm <laughs> hint, hint, it has to do with scientists. Science. Believing Science. in UFOs, or yes. at least being more accepted and the idea of ET. So there you go. This comes to us from Philly.com. Yes. And here we go. The title of the uh, story is The UFO Community Still Believes and Science is Starting to Listen. Yeah, this is done from a narrative standpoint, so uh, just from the point of view of the writer. So here we go. He appeared as if a hologram at first, then solid, suddenly there and clear as you or I at the edge of the forest behind Trish Bishop's home in Kissimmee. It was a Thursday in March 2013, the glow of the afternoon tucking in for the day behind the trees, he stood tall, at least six foot three, perhaps 220 pounds, and certainly muscular, wearing a form-fitting tan-colored uniform, boots, gloves. He lingered by the crepe myrtle tree in the middle of the backyard. When he turned around, it was Fabio! No, I'm sorry. When he turned around, it was his face, she remembered, that stopped her. Bulging eyes jutting out so far out of the sockets that Bishop wondered whether he could lose if he whether he could close them. Skin white as chalk and a jaw so large it dispelled any notions the government worker had of the visitor being human. If you compare a human jawbone to his, we would be a chihuahua to a pit bull, Bishop says. Paralyzed with fear, she watched as what she believed to be an alien appeared to climb invisible steps, stopping often to snatch glances at her from where she sat on her back porch, fumbling with her phone to appear as though she couldn't see him. Her finger was pressed on the number nine to dial for help. When he was 10 feet off the ground, he turned his back to her and pulled himself up into a UFO, she thought, and was gone. Bishop sat stunned. 
I've got a freaking alien in my backyard, she thought. It would be four years before she told anyone her story, before she discovered the mutant... Uh, mutant. <laughs> the mutual... on it. Mufon. Mufon. I just... Ugh. A nationwide organization, 50, wide, 50 years old, and file her report under case number 84886 with the local Florida chapter. But she worried. Who would believe her? These days, more people than you think. And uh, the story goes on to point out specific cases. Uh, it goes on for quite a bit. And quite honestly, if you go to the show notes for this particular episode, you'll be able to click the link and read the rest of the story. There's a lot of information, and this is a very long story. So we're just going to give you a little teaser and uh, have you check out the rest because it's well worth reading. Yeah, and they also discuss kind of a psychological aspect as well. So, but yeah, it is surprisingly long, but still an interesting read. It's the flowery language. <laughs> it is. It is very flowery. And for some reason, when she was describing the guy with the big bulging eyes and like the really big jawline, for some reason, my first thought went to the bounty hunter from the X-Files, but he doesn't have like the big bulging eyes. I was just thinking more about like the wider jawline. At least in my head, he has a wide jaw jawline. I don't know if he actually does in real life. But the bounty hunter was a dude with like the little spike that he'd stick into people and then they'd ooze green acid stuff and it would like burn your eyes. And yeah. So anyway. All right. Next, I'm going to talk about some news. that's a little bit of a bummer. The... First all-female spacewalk is not going to be a thing. It is all because of a last-minute crew swap NASA announced today. Man, I'm really not able to talk. It's been that kind of a day. Yeah, a little bit. Anyway, NASA had planned to send astronauts Annie McLean and Christina Koch on what would have been the first ever all-female spacewalk this Friday, March 29th, 2019. But International Space Station mission managers have, quote, decided to adjust the assignments due in part to spacesuit availability on the station, unquote. <laughs> Agency officials said in a statement, while Coke is still on the schedule to take her first spacewalk on Friday, McLean will stay inside the orbiting lab this time. NASA astronaut Nick Haig will take her place. Friday's spacewalk will be the second in a series of three that NASA has planned so far for Expedition 59. Last Friday, March 22nd, McLean and Haig spent nearly seven hours working outside the orbiting lab to replace aging batteries on the station solar arrays. The second spacewalk will be the most almost identical to last week's spacewalk, only the astronauts will be replacing a separate batch of batteries. McLean, who demonstrated her battery swapping skills during last week's spacewalk, will have to sit out this week due to a spacesuit sizing issue. Lame. McLean learned that her first spacewalk in a medium-sized hard upper torso, essentially the shirt of a spacesuit, fits her best, NASA officials said. Because only one medium-sized torso can be made ready by Friday, March 29th, Coke will wear it. Space station astronauts conduct multiple spacesuit fit checks when preparing for spacewalks because the human body grows taller in microgravity. Earlier this month, McLean tweeted that she had already grown two inches since she launched to the station in December. It's not immediately clear why the spacesuit sizing has only now become an issue. 
Space.com has reached out to NASA for more details and Space.com will post an update once they learn more. Which, if you haven't guessed, I got this story from Space.com. Yeah, um, kind of wild at how much a person has grown in microgravity since like December. And I guess it, it's not something that I really looked up or maybe don't remember if I had read it. Mm-hmm. But once they return to Earth, do they shrink back down? They do. Okay. I just wasn't sure. <laughs> it's like suddenly all my pants are high waters or something. I'd be a little miffed. Yeah, a little bit. Be like, man, I just got these pants. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fun times, fun times. All right. So, sightings. Sightings. All right. So for this one, we've got a a list of 10 items, but we're only going to do two. It's a twofer. It is a twofer. So here we go. All right. A new year brings new UFO sightings in Connecticut, according to National UFO Reporting Center. The center, based in Davenport, Washington, says it makes no claims as to the validity of the information in any of these reports. Obvious hoaxes have been omitted. However, most reports have been posted exactly as received in the author's own words. We hope that this information will prove to be useful to the general public and the UFO community at large. Here we go. Number one from Greenwich. I saw a bright light hovering outside my window that moved in a fashion unlike anything else I've seen. I was lying in bed trying to go to sleep when I looked out into the horizon and notices two white lights hovering lower than planes would be. The two lights were coming from a single saucer-like object. The object did not move in a linear fashion at first. It was almost moving in small circles. After about 30 seconds, it moved quickly to my left and disappeared into the sky. My neighbors have a small farm, which is rare for Greenwich, and the objects seem to be hovering around their property. The second is from Southington. UFO falling so fast, nothing could have stopped it in time before ground contact. Was traveling on Route 84 West between exits 31 and 30, at 6.30 a.m., when in front of me, off in the distance, some three miles away, one triangular-shaped object, with three points aiming up, was descending rapidly straight down. It was bright white silver, thinking the sun was reflecting off of it. As it disappeared, I expected a large sound, thinking it was going to crash and explode. As I was driving on Route 84 towards where I figured it crashed, Kept looking for any orange glow and or smoke, but nothing. Tried to rationalize by thinking it was a satellite or other space debris. Nothing on the news. So there you go. And this is their sighting so far in Connecticut in 2019. Yep. And it looks like they've actually had more than 10, but Mm -hmm. they just, I think, probably picked their 10 favorite and then just said, hey... Click on this link for everything else yes. because there's a lot. Word. Yeah, it's kind of nice if you're wanting to just read about sightings in Connecticut. <laughs> <laughs> Region-specific sightings, then that's the place to go. Connecticut Post, ctpost.com. 
All right. If you enjoy the alien invasion and would like to do more than just subscribe, please consider becoming a partner with us. Go to gncasts.com slash support and click on the Patreon link. Consider sending us a buck or two. We don't ask for much. Um, your help will go a long way with helping us grow our content and host our content. So we can create all we want, but if we have nowhere to put it, ain't nobody <laughs> going to hear it. So Very true. Yep. GNcasts.com slash support. And now we have picks and warnings picks or and warnings. things we watched this week mm -hmm. or a thing we watched this week. <laughs> <laughs> So for those that are not familiar, Netflix released a, I guess it's like a season essentially of these shorts. I think most of which are animated or all of them are. I'm not. No, no. there's the Topher Grace. That's one right. Is, so yeah. most of these are animated that I've noticed. I've seen four so far and there are 18. It is a series called Love, Death and Robots. And they feature short stories from some popular sci-fi peeps. But the one that we watched is called Helping Hand. And that one's about 10 minutes long. And it makes Brad cringe. So I'm just going to say, if you have issues with bones breaking, then this is not the short for you. Mm -mm. Nope. Not even a little bit. Mm -mm. So yeah, essentially it's about this person who's... She's up in space and she's, I think, just doing some routine maintenance on a satellite of some kind. I'm not sure what kind of satellite or maybe it's a telescope. It wasn't specified. It wasn't really specified. It wasn't really important. And she ends up getting hit with some space debris and things just go off the rails. And then I'm not going to tell you anymore because then that's just really going to spoil things because it's 10 minutes long. <laughs> It is. It's very suspenseful. Very well done. Cinematically, it's it's wonderful. And scientifically, I would say that it is very accurate. Although the absolute, absolute zero comes into play in this particular episode. And I don't know how quickly things freeze in space. So I don't recall. I know that Phil Plate had done a video... Wow, probably eight, six to eight years ago, maybe longer. Mm -hmm. I forget where he talks about the effects of the vacuum of space on a human body and more of like the actual process that happens and more of the time frame, I believe. But mm -hmm. it's been so long since I've watched it. But if you just Google Phil Plate and I would guess probably Death in Space he does a really great job of explaining what happens. So I know it's not as immediate as some things, some shows, movies would lead you to believe. So I think in that regards, it's fairly accurate. But again, you probably want to Google Phil Plate. And for those of you that don't know who Phil Plate is, he's um astrophysicist who did some work on Hubble, I believe, when it was getting first up and running and into space so he's got some pretty good street cred there he's written a couple of books the bad astronomer and he does a blog called bad astronomer <laughs> yeah really interesting guy highly recommend checking out his stuff if you want to learn more about space and you're looking for someone new maybe less familiar i don't know i don't think he's quite as popular as like neil degrasse tyson or 
Brian Cox or what's his name? Michio Kaku that shows up on all the UFO shows. Yep. Anyway, Love, Death and Robots. It's available for streaming on Netflix. That's where we found it. The other shorts that we've seen have been entertaining, but I will say this. Do not watch it around your little ones. Yeah. Like, I think 90% of them, except for maybe the three robots one. That one seemed... Oh, that was salty language. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. Don't show it around your kids. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think we really got any listener messages this week that I... this week. ...that I could catch, but... If you do have some information to share with us, like your opinion, your thoughts, your feels of the afternoon, maybe you saw a UFO and you're like, dude, I got to call the alien invasion people and tell them about it. That would actually be really awesome. Or if you just want to say hi, that works too. So leave us feedback at 805-328-3966. That's 805-328-3966. Or you can... Shoot us an email at aliens at gncasts.com. That's aliens at gncasts.com. And you can also find us on the Twitter. Yeah. It's true. We're Galactic Netcast, singular on the Twitter. Or you can just look us up on Facebook, Galactic Netcasts. We're there. Yep. We do like the social medias. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's going to do it for this edition of the Alien Invasion, a Galactic Netcast production. If you would like to read more about the stories that we covered on this episode or other content we've covered, click on the links in the show notes. We would like to thank Monkey Warhol for providing our intro music. It's a song called Alien Syndrome, and you can find it at monkeywarhol.bandcamp.com. Also to Retvard von Dernberg, a composer from Germany for our closing song called Bee Water. Learn more about him and his music at thecaravel.net. And also, thank you to Ben Olson for recording our disclaimer audio at the start of this episode. And you can find out more about him at benolson.com. Final thoughts? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) And there you have it. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> Have a good night. Yeah. Or good day whenever you listen to us. <laughs> Have a good day. Bye. Bye. This has been a Galactic Netcast production. For more, go to GNCast.com.